Welcome to episode five of the Coin Press Podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today I'm joined by Julian. Welcome, Julian. Uh, thank you very much, Luke, for for this invitation. I'm glad to be here. In yeah, glad to have you. This podcast. Absolutely. Um, so tell me, how are you related to the Coinos Project right now? Uh, okay, I am not part of the Coinos Group. I am a developer. I'm a, uh, um, an electronic engineer, but my main job is a software developer. Okay. And I started uh, doing things in Steam. Uh, later, Steam changed to Hive. And at some point, I, I found Coinos, and I found that this project was very good, was very interesting. And uh, I liked the the, the team itself, mm. because they were developing uh, Steam. So I started to learn a lot and read what they, they were doing, what they uh, were proposing. And I found this project very interesting. So I started, uh, I think, from the beginning, like, like one month later, uh, after they um, announced the the, the mining period and and I, I focused in in JavaScript right. because uh, the the team right now is focused in the in the core which is in C and Go and at the uh, at the moment there there were no a library for JavaScript, so I decided to to jump in and, and contribute in that part. Very cool. Well, we appreciate you doing it. Um, yeah, I do a fair amount of JavaScript in my day job, so nice to have some tooling available. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So, uh, so what you're doing right now is you're you're building something called CoinLib for JavaScript, and then also a uh, a UI wallet called Condor. Um, can you tell us a little bit about those projects? Yes, sure. Uh, CoinLib is a library for JavaScript uh, to interact with uh, with Coinos. So basically, this is a library that combines the the library for elliptic cubes, ellipt curves to, to sign transaction and a, a Google proto buffers which is used to encode the transactions and a communication with a, with the blockchain using HTTP calls so it's, it's just a combination of this three topics in order to uh, interact and code the transaction to interact with the smart contracts, create the APIs, etc. This is the uh, CoinLib and this library can be used uh, also in Node.js. So it you can use it for browser and also for Node.js. And uh, on top of that, I'm creating the Condor library which is, um, no, sorry, Condor uh, extension, which is an extension for 
for browsers and uh, it uses internally CoLib to interact with the blockchain. It just take it and and display uh, different things for for the users in order to to interact like you do with MetaMask. Gotcha. Very cool. So yeah, and that's a much needed feature on top of the Coinos blockchain. Um, we for anybody who hasn't used MetaMask, um, maybe you're not as invested in the, the blockchain ecosystem. Um, MetaMask is a a wallet, which is basically just your account. Um, so you can see whatever assets you hold on any given blockchain. MetaMask is for Ethereum. Um, Condor will be for Coinos. So exciting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so uh, let's see. So CoinLib, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. I hope to use it in project of my own at some point. Um, the so, so you mentioned that it can be used in the browser or in Node.js. So for anybody who's not particularly technical, that means that you can use it from the browser on the uh, the individual person's machine, a computer, or you can use it on a server somewhere. Um, exactly. I'm curious the uh, so what's your take on the centralization versus decentralization aspect of that is there is there a right way my, my view has been that you want to do things from the browser because then it's direct from me to the blockchain versus having to go through somebody's server I'm curious if you have a take on that yeah it's uh, the part of node.js uh, is good because if you have uh, if you are a developer and you create, uh, for instance, a decentralized application, maybe you will need a server in order to manage all of your users in your application. So sure. if you developed in TypeScript or JavaScript, you can use this library in Node.js and connect with the blockchain. So you as developer, uh, are using this this library which is specifically for for TypeScript and yeah depends uh, I think it's not a question about centralization or decentralization it depends uh, on the use case you are using this this tool sure yeah that's fair no. hard to uh give one answer here, right? Every every application is different, so that's Exactly. Fair. Every application is different, but the, the, the good point here is that uh, right now you can develop uh, microservices in, in Golang, in yeah. C++, and with this new library, it uh, will be in TypeScript. Very cool. So we will have more tools in order to develop your decentralized applications. Yeah, which is great. Um, I I don't actually have the the data in front of me, but I believe uh, JavaScript is one of the most used language by developers out there. Um, so it's cool that we'll be supporting that for for the community. Um, now the I just want to be clear that this is not the the CDT, the Contract Development Toolkit. Um, Correct. 
that is planned uh, by the the core team, um, but it may not be there at mainnet launch. Um, so if you want to develop smart contracts in TypeScript, that is planned, but it's not there yet. So this is more if you're looking to interact with the blockchain, not actually deploy apps onto the blockchain. Exactly. Exactly. As you said, it's, it's just to interact with the blockchain. You can, you can deploy, if you want, uh, your smart contract using this library, but okay. you cannot create the smart contract. You can, sure. the, the, the part of the compilation is, uh, cannot be done with this library at the moment. Sure. sure. Okay. Very cool. Well, so we, we were talking a little bit before about how with Condor, you're building this wallet, um, but you're excited about the, the concept of smart contract wallets uh, based on some work you did on the Steam blockchain. Um, I'm curious if you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, what, what I like from Steam is that there are some contracts that are built in in the blockchain, uh, but not like um, they are not like smart contracts that uh, you can change like you do in, in on Ethereum. There are like fixed contracts in 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 Steam, but that are very useful. One of them is the recovery accounts, which means that if, for instance, uh, you you get hacked and and you lose the control of your of your wallet, then you can talk with with a friend with with someone that you put as recovery account and. Uh, he can help you to recover your account in in Steam or Hive. Yeah, so I think that this is a useful feature that we can integrate in Coinos because right now we have the problem in blockchain that if you lose your your private keys, then you you lose your your tokens directly. There, there is no way to, to recover them. But if you develop, uh, if, if you have your, your wallet as a contract, then you can, you can code whatever you want in that contract. Sure. For instance, recover, recover accounts. You can uh, define maximum amounts to spend. If you see, for instance, that uh, someone is trying to, to transfer a, a lot of money, then the smart contract can, can prevent that. Sure. Um, or like you have in Steam and Hive, which is the, the, the savings account, which is like a, a delay to withdraw your tokens to transfer. If you want to, if you want to transfer, maybe you say, okay, I, 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 I send it the the operation to transfer from one account to another. But this operation is done, 
in three days or four days or five days, as, as you prefer. And this is to prevent someone trying to, to steal your tokens. And if you, if you quickly find that someone is trying to do it, then you can, you can stop that. So we can, we can do several things as contract wallets uh, in Coinos. Uh, and I think that uh, this is something that many people have tried to do it as well in, in Ethereum. Sure. But in Ethereum, the problem you have is the fees. Right. Because when you launch these contracts in, in Ethereum, then if you want to tra- if you want to make a transfer from one account to another, you will spend more gas. Right. Because the this, the contract itself will will have more instructions to to perform. And on Ethereum you you have the incentive to to spend less gas as possible. Yeah. But uh, this will not be a problem in coins because we will have uh, the mana. So if you have enough coins and you can afford that consumption of, of mana, then for you will be uh, will be very good. You can't uh, you you can you can afford that consumption of of resources. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool. That's that's nice that the field is going to enable that. Um, I, I know, like re- account recovery is a big problem for for all blockchains. So it's not just a Coinbase problem. Um, but being able to implement that and not have to pay fees for uh, the added security and the added features that's very nice. Exactly. Um, so showing my ignorance here, I. I'm, I don't fully understand how like the, the mechanics of the account recovery would work because uh, if I lose my, my private key, then I no longer can prove that I own those tokens. So if I'm specifying uh, somebody else as my account recovery partner or, or however you want to put that, um, I don't want to share my private key with them because then they could take my, <laughs> my, my holdings. Right. Um, so how does that work uh, at, at the smart contract level? We don't have to get too technical, but what's actually happening there that enables that? Yeah. In the, in the smart contract, what you, what you said is the address of your partner. Okay. So you, you, you set the, the address uh, of him, and if the smart contract uh, see that this address is sending a transaction to recover, then it can trigger the the function to set a new, for instance, a new a new a new public key for you in right. order to. Uh, to to use the the wallet, but it is you, you can do it in several ways. You can you can, for instance, put that uh, three with the signatures of three friends. Sure. You can recover your account, or um, there is a way also of hashing 
the hashing the address of, of your partners in order to have some privacy. Sure. Uh, there are several ways to, to implement this, uh, this, this recovery accounts, but yes. uh, you will always have your private keys and you don't have to, to share it with others. Very cool. Um, yeah, that makes more sense. So it's basically, you, you said it was new public keys. So you're kind of- Exactly. You're transferring the holdings to effectively a new wallet when all of your friends agree. Perfect, exactly, exactly. Uh, cool. That's it. Um, awesome, very interesting. So, uh, you you built something like that for the Steam blockchain, is that correct? Uh, not for Steam. I I developed some applications for Steam, like uh, like Explorer. Okay. I also did some uh, minor um, contributions at the core uh, blockchain, and. I don't remember exactly, like three sure. or four projects. Um, Very cool. Really, yeah. So, um, I mean, as a developer, you have so many different opportunities in front of you where, you know, you could build a wallet or you could go try to figure out how to build the, the JavaScript CDT or you could go build a, um, a Uniswap on top of... Uh, top of Coinos or, you know, th there's any number of things you can do. So yeah, exactly. There are several things. Yeah. Right. So for you, how did you decide to build Condor and, and CoinLib to help your, to help out that process? What, what yeah. was exciting about that to you? Yeah, I, I decided to do this because I think this is the first thing we need on Coinos for, like like a base layer for for the all decentralized applications because it, uh, everyone I, I envision that everyone uh, will use the the browser to interact with the blockchain yeah. and uh, you will go from one page to another to and jump from one application to another and you need a way to uh, have a trust way in order to interact with it, to with the smart contracts. And uh, for that, you for sure need uh, a library for JavaScript. Yeah. And a wallet for the for for the browser. So when when you have that, then you can you can create a lot of applications and connect them in the browser. So I'm, I'm excited about that because uh, I think this will give, up, give, give us more tools um, for the community itself. Very cool. Um, do you have any plans to implement uh, like a connection to my bank account? If I wanted to <laughs> uh, 
put in money and, and buy coin or, or cash out. Um, putting you on the spot here. Any plans for that? <laughs> you, you mean to, to interact with several tokens with different blockchains or? Uh, no, within the Condor wallet. Um, like if I wanted to manage my holdings or, or purchase more. I know there's obviously a lot more things that have to come together before that's something you could add as a feature, but do you have any, have you thought about that or put any plans into it? No, for, for the moment, for the moment, no, but maybe okay. later. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I see that as being one of the things that Coinos needs. Obviously there's, there's a lot of uh, infrastructure and tooling that needs to be built out. Um, but for people to be able to get on to the main net and come off if that's what they want to do, um, that would be uh, something we need to, to look at building in the future. Um, but that's also the role of a, a central exchange, right? So it doesn't have to be built inside of the, the Condor wallet. Um, okay, very cool. Um, well, Julian, uh, I guess looking around at the uh, the other projects that developers are are working on, uh, I have seen uh, somebody starting in on a, a Uniswap on Coinos, which is cool to see. We have you building the Condor wallet. We have uh, the CoinLib. The the Coinos group is obviously building a lot on on the blockchain and, and filling that out. Um, there's still a ton of opportunity here. So if you were a developer, whether or not you have, uh, I mean, you are a developer, but if uh, if you were talking to a developer who is interested in getting started with uh, developing something for Coinos, what would be your, your recommendation at this point? Where would you say to start? At this point, I would say that... Uh they should start trying to interact with the blockchain. And I think that the, the CoinLib is a very good tool because uh, for sure they will need to do it uh, to interact with the blockchain using, uh, using JavaScript if they create something um, in the in the website, yeah. So I will say that they should start trying to interact with the blockchain to send tokens, for instance, from one account to another, sure. and uh, from that point, start learning how to create smart contracts in in C I know that C is some something like very difficult to understand, but if you see the examples that uh, Coinos Group have uh, developed, you can take them as, as an example and just start changing some things there. And you will see that it's not as difficult as, as you think. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll put a link in the description for the, the example contracts. I think that's a great place to start. Um, yeah, because because in the smart con in the smart contracts, you, if you if you look at the smart contracts, they have like uh, uh, one hundred lines of code, so it's not it's not that much. It's not 
like like the core blockchain right. is so if if it's just one smart contract uh, i think uh, you can just by just by reading a, an example you can you can figure out more or less how to how to develop it right right yeah i've never written a line of c++ in my life but i was looking at the example contracts and was able to put together uh, you know roughly what they were doing <laughs> there were a couple things in there in the the more uh, in, involved examples that I wasn't 100% sure on, but it was still enough that I, I looked at it and said, I could copy this and, um, you know, at least start building out what I wanted and then um, have somebody in the community help if I, if I got stuck on anything. Um, but yeah, uh, like we've said, the, the universal language support of Coinos, you will be able to develop in the language that you know today um, if you are a developer. It's just not... The, the specific CDT contract development toolkit for your language of choice might not be there today, but it's coming. Exactly. Yeah. And for instance, uh, when I finished this and, and I, and, and I finished some contracts that I want to start and, and test, I would like to to contribute in that part in, to create the CTT for for JavaScript. I am not an expert in WebAssembly, but sure. uh, it's it's just um, uh, a matter of time and try to learn how to how to do it. And maybe I can contribute in that part. That would be great. Let's see. Let's see if I can. If I can do it, um, yeah. And this is um, I, I, I'm familiar with the 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 hurdle that you're you're putting yourself up to there, right? Where uh, now I have to learn how to do this, and every developer is familiar with that, having to face a new language or a new environment. Um, but to start developing for any blockchain today. Most of the time, you're going to have to learn a new language, right? You're going to have yeah. to learn Solidity or, you know, any number of other single-purpose languages that were developed just for the blockchain, or maybe it'll be in Rust, which, if you're like me, you haven't had occasion to learn Rust. Um, so having uh, an environment on Coinos where, eventually, you'll be able to pick up in any language you want, that's a huge reduction of barrier to entry. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited as well. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the approach of using WebAssembly is, is a good choice because this opened the, the door for, for many uh, languages. Yeah. We, we, we just need to sit down and select which languages we want to start with. Uh, right now it's C++, later TypeScript, and who knows, maybe later Python, Golang. Yeah. And let's see. Absolutely. Um, I, I think it's, it's interesting that there are other blockchains today that use WebAssembly, um, but it doesn't seem like they're using it to its best advantage of 
you know, any language being compiled down to WebAssembly. Um, so yeah, it, it, at least from what I've seen, those that are WebAssembly are like, you know, we support two, maybe three languages, <clears throat> but it's still being compiled down to WebAssembly. So um, I, I'm curious, do you have any insight into why nobody else is doing this? <laughs> I, I don't know exactly. Okay. It's, yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, the the blockchain I know that uses WebAssembly at, at this moment is EOS, and I know that Polkadot, if I'm not wrong, is trying to to use as Web, Web WebAssembly. But I don't know why on EOS uh, we cannot uh, use another language. Maybe it's yeah. difficult to to create the CDT for uh, for the other languages. I, I don't know exactly, but it's yeah. it's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, reading between the lines of some of the stuff the the team has put out, there there was definitely some complexity in getting um, WebAssembly and uh, Protobuf and uh, there was a third thing, uh, some some acronym that I don't remember, AMQP or something like that. Um, MQPM. Okay, cool. A um, no, AMQP. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, somebody knows what we're talking about. Uh, so the the three legs of of what they built, um, I believe there was a fair amount of complexity in getting those working together correctly. And obviously I, I don't really know what I'm talking about here, um, but I think the answer is probably just that it's technically difficult to, to get multiple language support beyond a, a few select choices. Um, being able to make it so all you have to do is build a CDT for your language and now it's supported uh, is a pretty cool, pretty cool ability, so. Yeah, yeah, and the, the difficulty here is is because uh, the different nodes in the blockchain need to uh, create the transactions and verify the transactions using the the same serialization. I mean, the the same transformation from data to bytes and the hash must be the same in all cases. So if when, when you try to use different languages, you have to be sure that all of them uh, treat the data in the same way. And this is the reason they, they, they selected, at, at the beginning they, they created coinos types for, for this serialization, but later they found that a Google Proto Buffers was a good choice because uh, you already have there uh, a lot of integration with several languages. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's it's cool that the team is very smart. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I can really say about it. Um, the uh, yeah, it's exciting what they're building. So. It's, it's cool to be a part of it this early in the game. Um, I think uh, once language support keeps rolling out, mainnet launches, 
you know, we get listed on a central exchange, et cetera. Um, the, the demand for people wanting to build on this, people wanting to hold coin, it's just going to balloon very quickly over time. So exciting stuff. Um, so yeah, this, this is, I've been thinking about uh, accessibility a lot since the, the Coinos blockchain is really designed for accessibility, right? That's, that's where their head is, right? Um, but accessibility is a concept that we use in, uh, in web development a lot to talk about building for um, people with disabilities or, or that sort of thing, right? So this is accessibility from a slightly different angle where blockchain doesn't have widespread adoption like the web does today. Um, so we're talking about accessibility for the masses. Um, yeah. you know, accessibility for, for disabilities, whether that's color blindness or, or blindness or, you know, you name it. Um, that's something that is important for sure when you're talking about interfaces and how people interact with your, your software or whatever. Um, but for, for blockchain, like Ethereum isn't accessible to most people today, either from a cost perspective or from, uh, you know, just I don't understand it perspective. Um, so I've, for Coinos, they're really targeting accessibility for end users with the, the fee-less model, um, but also for developers through this uh, this multiple language support. Um, so it's, it's exciting uh, to see accessibility taken to this level. And I mean, I'm obviously very biased because <laughs> I'm doing this podcast, but I think that that's going to be the key for uh, mass blockchain adoption. It, it might take time before people on Ethereum say, oh yeah, I want to do something on Coinos. But there's so many people in the world today that are not doing anything on blockchain. And I think that Coinos is going to be that, uh, that, that entry point and probably where they stay if everything uh, goes right. But, but yeah, that's a... Yeah, um, I think that uh, this, all, this journey started with, with Steam and Steam was a very good blockchain because it introduced crypto to the masses, even if you if you didn't know how to uh, what what are private keys, they, they put a lot of uh, efforts in order to to be easy to use. Right. And for me, Coinos is like the evolution of Steam because they they take from there several things like like mana for for right. fearless transactions. And now they are learning from the from from the problems that Steam had uh, in the past with the with the mining and the acquisition from Justin Sun, and they are taking all of this previous experience in order to uh, give a better product for the community. Right. Uh, all the time thinking about uh, how to put uh, better tools, easy tools for developers 
And if you put uh, easy tools for developers, it will also uh, easy for for the masses for use the blockchain. So it's, it's very good. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, and I like the the take that it's an evolution of Steam because that, that is where the team came from. They worked together at Steam and then uh, they all resigned in mass after the... Uh, the incident <laughs> and uh yeah. decided to start Coinos. So I think it, it makes sense to think of it as, as an evolution from that perspective. Um it's also it's it is a general purpose blockchain where Steam was was not. It was more of a, exactly. a single purpose, right? For for social activity. Um so yeah to see that the feeless model refined and then applied in the general purpose model is it's exciting to see exactly yeah i totally agree with that very cool all right well um Julian, thank you so much for taking the time today i really appreciate you sharing your perspective and the work you're doing on coinlib and condor um it's going to be exciting to see that and use it uh, once mainnet launches. Although, I understand you can use it today for testnet. Um, so yes, you can use it right now for the testnet and uh, try. You, you can test it for your own contracts. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a lot, a lot of things to do from now on. Yeah. Thank you very much for the invitation to this podcast. I think that you are doing a great job trying to to show this to the community. It's, it's very good. I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, join me next time for the CoinPress podcast. We'll see you around.